our good friend, the quarterback, Steve Berline, joins us now. Of course, guy's been in the league for, oh, what, 17 years? Mm -hmm. CBS Sports, fantastic job. And, of course, he can, eat, uh, he can eat chicken with the best of them. My guy, Steve Berline, the pride of Notre Dame. What's going on, brother? TT, what do you say, man? I tell you, Steve, you know, we're over here at the Westgate, and I know you've never visited me over here at the Westgate, but I'm going to get you out here because I'm telling you, the Westgate has some fantastic food options. I'm telling you right now. I, like, wait, what is that? What is that? Wait, I hear Berlin firing up the car right now. He's ready to get in the car and head down to the Westgate. Yeah. Well, first first off, I do. Your opinion does matter to me, but not quite that much. <laughs> Just so you know. Wow! Wow! I, mean, I have I'm, not, I have not started up the engine yet. No, okay. no I, I need a little more info, a little more information. Oh, uh, we'll give you the intel. Yeah, and I didn't mean you know you need to you know to to race down here right away. Even though I mean, come on, not, you know, coming to Las Vegas is uh, you know it's a it's a pretty uh, you know pretty easy trip uh, for you to make uh, for most people would want to make. Yeah. it. But, but you're right. Yeah. No, we we're not going anywhere here, brother. We're here year round. So uh, the ne the next trip, uh, you know, we're taking care of you over here at the Westgate. Love it. I love it. Sounds great. All right, brother. So let's uh, start talking a little college national championship game here Monday night. I want your take. Uh, we know what we saw on Saturday. Last Saturday was two fantastic football games, if you like offense. But we really didn't see the best of the Georgia Bulldogs. But despite that, bookmakers have put up a very high number, a 13-point spread, now down to 12 and a half. Uh, a lot of people, Steve, still not believing in TCU. What are your thoughts about this game Monday night? Well, I, I think uh, according to the, the, the text that you sent me earlier, we were trying to confirm the, 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 the time today. You said it's 12 and a half, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Georgia's 12 and a half. Yeah. Was 13. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, I, even, even for college, I think that seems awful high especially for a game of this magnitude. And then, you know, the, um, the, the, the way that TCU was able to score um, against Michigan, obviously now, you know, two of the touchdowns were pick sixes. So uh, offensively, um, you know, TCU did not score um, uh, enough to technically to beat Michigan. But um, I just think in a, in a game of, of that mag of this magnitude, with uh, you know, kind of a team of destiny, kind of a mentality that the TCU has and they're playing with, uh, I think that's a lot. Um, I, I really feel good about Georgia winning the game, uh, but I but I, I could see um, you know winning the game comfortably, but I could see TCU scoring uh, late to pull within that twelve and a half points. I I would have a hard time laying twelve and a half uh, in taking Georgia. That's just my my gut. I, I just. I would have a really hard time doing that. And I, I think it's going to be an entertaining game, a fun game. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that on paper Georgia is the better team. Um, and, and, and TCU would need to have another superhuman Herculean type of an effort uh, and get a few breaks, whether it's special teams or turnovers, that kind of stuff, uh, to win the game. And I don't see Stetson Bennett making those kind of mistakes. But uh, I still would have a hard time given 12 and a half and, and feeling really good about that. 
Steve Berline joins us. Uh, keeping it in kind of in the college mode here, and we talked about TCU uh, beating Michigan last week, where they just really beat down Michigan. They're they're the more physical team, and now you know Jim Harbaugh, his name is being mentioned about potentially returning to the NFL to one of your stomping grounds. And I know you are still very very close to that Carolina Panthers situation. There, you of course being uh, one of the great Carolina Panthers of all time, as we know. What are your thoughts here, man, when you hear that that ownership is talking to Jim Harbaugh, and we know that Steve Wilkes is there as the interim coach, so, you know, Carolina, they're going to make a coaching change, and do you think that they want to go more of a high-profile guy, and what is the seriousness here, the level of, of seriousness for having, you know, having conversation with Harbaugh and maybe hiring him as a head coach? Well, I, I don't have any inside scoop on, on what's happening back in Carolina, but you know, I think any of the, the vacancies, uh, would, would probably and, and probably already has, um, reached out to, to Jim Harbaugh in some way, shape or form. It would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, I think he'd be a great fit in Indianapolis for, for obvious reasons. He's got a connection with Jim Ursay. He's in their ring of honor or whatever they call it up there. Right. Um, you know, I, th- I think he'd be a great fit in Denver. Uh, from a lot of different perspectives, you know, I think that, uh, any of those organizations, if they're really doing thorough search, which you've got to believe they are, they're going to reach out to guys like Harbaugh and see if he's interested. Um, you know, Harbaugh, Jim and I, you know, we came out together, uh, same year in 1987. And, um, you know, he was a first rounder. I was a fourth rounder, but we, you know, we, we, Butted heads at Notre Dame in Michigan. He was there with Bo Schembechler. I was at Notre Dame with with Lou Holtz, and then we had many battles over the years in the NFL as well. Uh, I just sit here, and it just it just drives me crazy how every year he gets himself into these conversations and <laughs> and uh, just kind of leaves you know leaves all the Michigan faithful hanging. And uh, he, he, whether he has the the uh, you know the the guts, without for lack of a better term, to make a decision like this, I, I don't know. Um, I really felt that after he signed the extension last year that he would be finishing out his career at Michigan. There wouldn't be any more of these conversations. Here we are a year later and having the same conversation. So I don't know how serious he is about it. Um, uh, I would love to know. I'd love to pick his brain, but he won't. He won't tip his hand to me uh, or anybody else for that matter. So you got to believe that. He's at least entertaining that thought, and I think it'd be a major win if Carolina could pull that off. But I would, I would really feel bad for Michigan uh, if he were to leave after uh, all the things that he said over the last year after he signed that last extension. And here's the thing, though he he doesn't squash these things. You know, last year he didn't squash no, he it. He didn't squash. He hasn't squashed it this year. And now, of course. You know, today and yesterday, we're we're hearing uh, the rumblings out of Ann Arbor that Michigan could be on probation for, I guess, several different violations. So, do you yeah. think may, maybe Harbaugh is saying, "Hey, okay, I'm getting out of here." We've seen coaches do this before, where they bolt out of the college game or go to another school or or, or leave the profession or go to a different league when they know something might be coming down the pike here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I read that today as well, and it, it caught me off guard. And that kind of, you got to believe that Jim obviously knew uh, or, or, or is very aware of the fact that this has been going on and that this investigation is going to, is taking place or is going to take place, whatever it might be. Um, I, to be honest, I would lose a lot of respect for, 
for Jim. Um, if, if, and you know, and they made it very clear in the article that that that, uh, that I read that it, it doesn't necessarily point at him as being part of the investigation. If this investigation is going on, if Michigan is found guilty, it's not definitely an indictment of, of Jim Harbaugh himself, but. Uh, you got to believe that as the head coach of a program with that profile, uh, that he um, had to, in some way, shape, or form, um, you know, have some kind of tie to whatever was going on. And and to me, it just seems like a, a, a pretty, um, you know, unprofessional or uh, I don't know what the right word would be, but to, to leave Michigan hanging after uh, what he's done for that school, getting him back on top, and then maybe being a part of, of uh, you know, whatever the, it is that the investigation is has unearthed. Um, I think I, I just I have a hard time. You know, me, I, I'm more of a, a you know um, traditionalist. I I believe in um, you know standing up and kind of owning things and. Um, trying to make him right. I just, I would have a hard time if he bolted in this situation. Now we're, I don't know how accurate this is or not, Steve, but you know, of course, you know, on this show, it's, you know, always comes back to food. <laughs> we are hearing that the rumors <laughs> swirling around this is that it's a violation because Jim Harbaugh bought a recruit, a hamburger at Brown jug. You familiar with Brown jug? I'm not familiar with brown jug. Yeah. Unfortunately, it sounds, it sounds like I should be. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not real familiar with brown jug either. Uh, you know, I'm looking at pictures of uh, of the brown jug there. So I, I don't know. It sounds like uh, it's a burger spot or whatever. But uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, I don't know how much time you spent saying, in Ann Arbor. That's what they're saying. Part of the, yeah. the of the investigation is for the primary part of it. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, the level one NCAA oh, violations for buying a recruit a hamburger at Brown Jug. There you go. NCA found a receipt, and then Harbaugh wasn't honest about it. Uh huh. <laughs> oh. So, so Burger Gate now. Burger Gate. Very nice, my friend. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's this crazy. Whole thing, it's just. It's crazy. Yeah, it just baffles me. However, here we're having these conversations uh, with a guy that that has made, you know, uh, obviously a, a fortune and deservedly so uh, because of his performance and and um, you know the the fact that he's such a desirable. A candidate from from a successful perspective, but um, I just I get kind of tired of talking about this every year. You know, it is crazy. Steve Berline joins. All right, man. Let's talk about NFL Week 18. Uh, I want to know how many times uh, did you play in a meaningless game in the last week of the season, and what's that like? You know, uh, more times than I would like to admit, probably. Right. So, right. right. But uh, you know, and I think everybody, unless you're with one of the um, you know, one of the teams that that, that perennially um, is competing for a championship during the time that you played, which you know, very few people uh, on an on an annual basis are you know are are, are playing on a, a great uh, football team that's either you know a lock for the playoffs or in the, the playoff conversation. But uh, I would say during my 17 years, there were probably uh, I would say five five years where. Uh, we had been eliminated probably going into the, the final week of the season. And, uh, you know, it's tough, but, but, 
the guys that, that last in the NFL are guys that understand that uh, you got to finish it out. And, uh, you know, it's changed a lot. The league has changed a lot. We know that uh, with, uh, um, you know, contracts and guys, uh, you know, um, you know, um, maybe milking an injury situation or finding a way to get out of putting themselves at risk in a contract year. Uh, that kind of stuff didn't happen nearly as much back in the, in the days when we played, but uh, you're still going out there playing for pride. You're going to be on film. Uh, you're playing for your job. You're playing for the next coach uh, that might be coming in if there's a possibility that there might be a, a coaching change made. So, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for these guys to get, uh, to get ready to play a Week 17 game, even if they're not in the, the playoff conversation because uh, they're professionals and they're paid to do their job to the best of their ability, and they're expected to go out and put forth that effort. <laughs> Steve, uh, Marco here. I always thought that it would be hard. It's never easy in that scenario that you just played out. But if you are a team that has been a perennial playoff team, and in this year we have the case of the Rams that were the Super Bowl champ and go to not making the playoffs, would that be harder for that locker room to go out on week 17 especially you know you're playing a division rival at least in this sport you get misery loves company you can knock seattle you know out with a win uh how does that when you're used to winning and not the following year well that, that's a that makes it much tougher and and you know especially when you got uh some of your leaders your superstars uh i.e matthew stafford and, and aaron donald i don't think aaron donald I don't expect to see him coming back this week. I don't know if they've ruled him out or if they said he's going to play. They list him as uh, questionable, be, yeah. So, which is kind of unusual yeah, I, that you know that he's questionable. Yeah, I would be surprised. He may be in uniform and maybe play a very limited number of snaps. Um, but you know what I would say is that that that's a team as you as, as you just said, Marco, that, that won the Super Bowl last year, and so they've got to have. Uh, a lot of pride in that locker room and um you know they're they're you know they've been decimated by injuries with cooper cup and uh you know they've got baker mayfield playing at quarterback now they've had all kinds of different challenges throughout the course of the year but um i think that 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 sean mcveigh's uh battle call is going to be a rally call is going to be hey this is a division rival that that uh you know halfway through the season everybody thought was going to make the playoffs. They're still alive. Let's just, let's just send them into their off season with an absolute uh, disaster of a, a week 17 scenario. Let's, let's bury these guys and, 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 and set the tone for next year when, uh, you know, we go into Seattle or whatever we are going to, we're going to see these guys next year. We're healthy and we're, we're back on top and uh, let's make a statement to them. And I would expect I'm picking the Rams to win that game in Seattle. Yeah. I really, I really like the Rams going up there and winning. I, I'm not a believer in, in what Seattle's done this year. Geno Smith has had an incredible year, but uh, you know, they've lost what four of their last six games. Yeah. Um, their, their, their most recent win over the Jets, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm not impressed with them at all. And I, I think the Rams can and will go up there and beat them in Seattle. Yeah, we, we all like the Rams uh, there. Uh, let me go, go back to your, your playing days. Were you ever in a situation where you were playing, when you are a quarterback in a team, and you're playing a team on the last week of the season that has nothing to play for, where the game really meant a lot to your team? Uh, yeah, I, I can think of some times where that happened for sure. Okay. Um, 
I'd have to go back and really study it. But but yeah, I mean, uh, those are the kind of matchups that you like. You know, if you're if you're a team that uh, is is either in uh, the playoffs already or playing for positioning in the playoffs, um, and you, you're you're going against a team that's already been eliminated, uh, you feel like you got a significant advantage uh, for sure. And you go into that game, you know, with the attitude of hey, let's get up on them quick. And, uh, just, just make it very clear that this is not going to be their day. And, um, you know, th- those are the kind of, you know, uh, games that you really, you really want to be in position where you're, the schedule favors you in that way. And, um, you know, you can, uh, feel good about going into that last game that you can, if you just go out and do your job, you're going to find a way to win that football game. So, but, you know, I- I've been in that situation a few times as well. But, um, either way, the bottom line is, you, you know, the, the common theme here, is you got to find a way to get yourself ready, no matter what your situation. Week 17 uh, is your last chance to make an impression on that football team or on the rest of the league for the following year. And uh, if you go out and lay an egg or show up not ready or have a bad attitude, that's going to come back and haunt you at some point, most likely. Steve Berline uh, joins us here at the uh, Westgate inside the world-famous Superbook talking about the final week of the NFL's regular season. Steve, there's a lot of talk out there, and it just it, this kind of talk kind of cracks me up. And as a former player, quarterback like yourself, I really want your take on this. You know, battle for the number one overall pick when you're talking about teams like Houston and the Chicago Bears. Now, Houston's playing Indianapolis. Uh, the Bears are playing Minnesota this week. Talk is that, okay, Chicago's sitting in the number two spot right now, and Houston, obviously the worst team in the NFL, could have the number one pick. You know, and there are people that think, oh, yeah, well, you know, Houston, you know, they're not going to want to win this week. I laugh at that, and I scoff at that, especially a guy like you know, Lovey Smith, is coaching this Houston, Texas team, and they play hard week in and week out. Now, we know that there could – we've heard there's discussions – you know, the front office and with coaches and coaches, players, that sort of thing. I mean, have you ever been or have you heard of a situation like this where, you know, a a team or a coach just wants to get the season over with and and players or coaches are not going to try to win a game? Well, I can guarantee you there are no coaches or players that feel that way at all. Right. Um, there, There might be situations where, management, uh, the GM and the, the president and the owner of the of a team, uh, you know, thinks that way. And maybe they'll uh, mandate something to the head coach that certain players aren't going to play uh, or, um, you know, uh, who, who knows what, what could go on. I'm not going to imply any knowledge of anything um, implicating anybody of doing this in the past, but I, I believe that kind of stuff does happen for sure. But now, Whoever the coach is out there on the field with, that coach is coaching them to win, and those players are trying to win. Uh, you can find all kinds of examples where teams literally, uh, for lack of a better term, screwed themselves out of the first pick by pulling off an upset in week 17 or week 16, whatever whatever year you go back to. And um, it just shows you that that uh, you, you, you can't, you can't stop a coach from coaching. You can't stop a, a player from playing. Anytime they suit it up and there's a game and there's they're 60 minutes on that clock, they're going to go out there and they're going to sell out and give it all that they've got no matter what. And I'm telling you, think about this from the perspective of the coach. The coach, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're the Houston Tech, you're Levy Smith or you're, you're the Bears coach and you, you're sitting there 
and everybody's talking about you tanking it. And, you know, you very well may be fired after this season anyway. Um, so, you know, why would, why would you go out there and, and uh, do anything less than, than give your best in that situation and try to prepare your team to win? Um, you know, if, 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 you, if your GM comes up to you and you're the head coach and he says, hey, I want you to lose, I want you to tank this game, um, you know, I mean, what would you do as a head coach? Say, okay, I'm going to go out there and, and purposely lose the game? Yeah, and, no, I, I think it's absurd. You know, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it won't happen. Right, I just, I just right. don't see that happening. Right. Um, and, you know, some, some of the stuff that's been leaked in recent years, I do believe those conversations do happen sometimes, but not with any of the really good established organizations mm-hmm. that, that are, are, are in the right place priority-wise. Mm-hmm. We go ahead and uh, look at uh, the final week of, of the season. Here. Just a couple quick games, Steve, uh, in your opinion. And the one that's uh, going to start off the action here at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow, the Chiefs, nine-point favorite against the Raiders in this game. Uh, we saw the Raiders. They they had a great effort against the 49ers, but 49ers just too much when it came. When it was all said and done. Jared, Jared Stidham, pretty good game. But uh, in the end, through the interception, Niners, you know, got the victory. And, of course, the Chiefs here, you know, they're in a lot of one-score games. Ten of their 16 games have been one-score games. They struggled again against the lowly Broncos last week. What do you expect to see from the Chiefs and the Raiders tomorrow? Well, you know, the Chiefs have a lot to play for. Obviously, uh, that that number one seed and all that you talked about, all the, you know, all the uh, scenarios with uh, what has happened because of the, uh, cancel game from last week with the Bills and, um, you know, the Bengals. But, uh, the Chiefs know that, that, uh, you know, if they lose this game, they're going to have four losses, um, and, and that's going to come back to haunt them. So they're going to come out ready to play. Um, you know, I was really impressed with Stidham last week with the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I would not be surprised if this is one of those classic Chiefs Raiders games. Uh, that goes down to the, to the, to the buzzer. And, um, you know, but I just can't see the, the Raiders finding a way to pull this off over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think that, uh, I think that that nine point spread is a little, is a little bit generous. Um, I, I would be very tempted to take the Raiders plus nine in that one because I think they're going to come out and play hard. And, uh, you know, Stidham, uh, you know, wants to make another statement, uh, by, by his performance and, um, you know, they've got uh, Waller back and they've got Renfro back and Devontae Adams uh, seemed like he played pretty darn hard last week and I expect the same out of the Raiders this week. Not sure what we're going to see with Josh Jacobs. Now this guy's w- without a contract and there were some rumblings that Zamir White is going to get a majority of the carries here. Wouldn't surprise me maybe if if Jacobs, we don't see Josh Jacobs tote the ball as much as we have. Again, this guy... You know, Raiders did not tender him a contract. He's the NFL's leading rusher at this point in time. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to see some selfishness from Josh, Josh Jacobs a little bit. Like, hey, man, I don't want to risk getting hurt. I mean, that was the whole reason the Raiders said, hey, we're not going to, you know, we're going to send Derek Carr off and not have him around the facility here. But uh, there is some talk there that Zamir White may get a, a bulk of the carries. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see how that works out. I think uh, Josh Jacobs is one of those guys. That, you know, especially in this modern NFL, um, you know, would, would probably feel pretty strongly about, hey, I've made a really strong case for myself this year. It's a contract year. The Raiders didn't offer it to me, uh, prior to the season. And, 
Uh, I'm in as good a position as I can be in right now. The only thing that could happen is, you know, I'd possibly go out and get hurt and, and put myself in a bad situation. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. I would be very surprised if that was something that uh, the Raiders coaching staff and Josh McDaniel uh, uh, decided that, they, hey, we're going to – we're not going to play you because we want to make sure you put yourself in the best situation uh, contract-wise going into the offseason. I think it would be Jacobs himself, uh, you know, limiting his reps or deciding not to play or whatever it might be. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think the Raiders have any interest in, in, in uh, sitting him so he can, um, you know, <laughs> go into the offseason healthy and go get the best contract he can for, for somebody else. That would be um, uh, very surprising to me if the Raiders uh, bought into that kind of a mentality. Right, right. All right, he is Steve Berline, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, the college championship game on Monday with Georgia and TCU and the final week here of the regular season with the hey. NFL. Yeah, let me give you, let me real quick, I'll give you, you told, you, I wasn't sure we were going to get into it, but I got three NFL games that I like. I'll just give you the okay, team so that I, gonna, I like real so, quickly. So, Is that all right? Okay, yeah, so I was going to ask you if, you know, when we come back from the break, we, we're going to do our best bet segment. I don't know if you got time to hang with this so you could officially partake, but if not, then if you want to just, you know, uh, give us, give us your three before you go, it's entirely up to you, my friend. Well, I'll just tell you, I like Cleveland over Pittsburgh. I think that the way Deshaun Watson's playing, I think they're going to they're gonna take Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's minus two and a half. I think Cleveland wins that game outright. Right. I think Buffalo over New England is a, is a gimme. Uh, the seven points, I'd, I'd be inclined to give, to take Buffalo minus seven yep. for sure in that one. I think that's a, that's a good, safe bet with what Buffalo's got to play for. And then my surprise one that I really like, is I like Detroit over Green Bay in Green Bay, and everybody's going to call me crazy. I know, but uh, I just really I think that, that the Detroit Lions are going to surprise everybody. They've been surprising everybody all year. I think they're going to show up ready to play. So yeah, I think uh, I think a lot a lot of people you know are, are with you with that. You know, and I think some people are rooting for Dan Campbell as well too. But yeah. I agree, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I like Detroit plus five for sure. Okay, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win the game outright. All right, man. Georgia TCU. Who do you got officially here? You two, 12 and a half, brother. Um, Which side are you on? Oh, I'm going to take TCU plus 12 and a half. There you go. But Georgia to win, but TCU plus 12 and a half. All right. So there's Steve Berline. So we're looking, Marco. Is there any food bets here? I I, I don't think I'm I'm opposite Steve, so I can't even challenge him on a food bet. What about I'm, you? I'm with him on Detroit. You're with him on Detroit. I am with Look him on this. Detroit. I like Detroit. We got Detroit. no controversy yeah. here, Steve. We're always trying to find food bets here. You know, and Marco, Love it. Love Marco it. and Marco's <laughs> been the king of paying up on his food bets. Hey, hey uh, he took Jay Schrader, your boy Jay Schrader, and I out for Mexican last week because uh, unfortunately we got the better of Marco. Well, my, and I'm sure Jay made him pay, too. Jay, Jay <laughs> could a, he could put a few burritos down. I know that. Dude, what are you talking about? Maybe. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> he went chicken fajitas for two by himself. There's no sharing. Really? Oh, yeah. He, he said, because, you, know, you know, the fajitas are usually shareable, as you know. But Jay said, oh, no, that's all, I, I got it handled. TC, I've said, you, yeah. eat, you eat like an offensive lineman, yeah. yet, yet you're 100 and whatever soaking wet. <laughs> it makes me sick. <laughs> well, TC, you know, he, he's going he's gonna, to, when he's got the opportunity to cash in on a bet, he's going to go all out. I know that much. He's going to, 
<laughs> He's gonna get his money's worth for sure. Listen, I, I, th- I think I think we all are in that same realm here. Okay, so yeah, I'm not. Yeah, all good. You're brother. probably right, brother. I appreciate it as always, and uh, hopefully, we, right, we, hopefully, we can touch base with you next week as we get ready for some playoff football. But appreciate the time as always. You got it. There you go. Take care. We'll see you guys. Uh, Steve Berline, uh, the former quarterback himself. Super Bowl champion, and of course, then you look at him on Monday afternoon quarterback on the CBS Sports Network as well, too. So great stuff, and a longtime CBS football analyst.